Welcome to the Doubles Only Tennis Podcast, where you learn the best doubles strategies to improve your game and win more matches. I'm your host, Will Bocek. This podcast, my website, and my weekly newsletter all focus on the goal of better understanding the sport of doubles and helping players like you improve faster through actionable advice that you can use in your very next match. My goal is to provide the best doubles strategy resources in the world. And to do that, I study, analyze, and work with players at every level of the game, all the way up to the ATP and WTA tours. If you enjoy this podcast, I've created double strategy products that go even deeper if you want to take your doubles knowledge to the next level. At the end of this episode, I'll explain more about them, or if you want to learn more now, go to thetennistribe.com slash products. Here's today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome to today's show. What I'm going to share with you today is three different doubles tactics, two of which are from my brand new course, which I'll talk about here in a second. And the last one is from a recent match that I played in mixed doubles. Uh, And I think you're really going to like that one. I think you're going to be able to kind of take away a few things that maybe you can recognize in one of your future matches uh, and make a similar adjustment. So I want to talk about how that worked um, so well for my partner and I uh, and what the benefits to this particular tactic were. So before we dive into the three tactics today, uh, I do want to uh, promote my course a little bit. So this is a brand new video course uh, that is really unlike anything I've ever done. Um, I'm really, honestly, really proud of it. I think it is uh, the most helpful content I've probably ever created Uh, And it is 30% off today through Sunday. So if you're listening uh, to this on Wednesday, um, August 2nd, then you've got uh, four or five days here to get it at 30% off. So what does the course include? So if you've purchased the ebook 25 Winning Doubles Tactics, it includes all of those tactics, but in video form. So each tactic has two videos. The first video is a whiteboard video with me in front of my uh, tennis court whiteboard where I'm kind of explaining the tactic, the best times to use it, how to execute it, uh, and showing you kind of the different angles of the court and the theory behind the tactic. And that alone is really, really helpful. But for me, when I'm learning, learning theory isn't quite as good as seeing real life examples. So that's why I also created example videos within each tactic. So I took, I went through dozens and dozens of uh, ATP and WTA doubles matches and found examples of each tactic being executed. So if you've been following our Instagram channel the past three months, I've been creating a lot of reels where I share uh, different tactics or or different strategies that pro players are using and kind of annotate and use arrows and draw over the court a little bit. So the example videos are like that, but with multiple points, they're a lot more in-depth, and they're obviously longer than 60 seconds. So in total, the course has over 50 videos, uh, and we're also doing a giveaway right now to help promote the course. So even if you don't buy the course, you can enter the giveaway uh, which we'll link to in the show notes. But if you want to check it all out, go to thetennistribe.com slash products, and you'll find the link to the course uh, as well as the giveaway there. Um, 
the the giveaway includes uh, a free tennis racket from Tennis Warehouse of your choice, a one hour uh, one on one Zoom call with me where I'll help you kind of develop your doubles game, and uh, it, it can be a, a coaching call really that you can use to uh, get an assessment of, of kind of where you're at and what you need to do in your game. So um, as you can tell, I'm really excited for this course. Um, if you want to check it out again, go to thetennistribe.com slash products. Uh, but enough um, promotion from me. Let's dive into the tactics. So the first tactic is tactic number 22 from the ebook in the new course, and it is called the shoe shine. So I use this kind of as an approach tactic. It can also be a little bit of a baseline tactic. Uh, so what is it? It's it's just hitting the ball low at the shoes or the feet of the opponent. And a lot of these tactics sound really easy, really straightforward. It's like, okay, obviously I want to hit the ball low if the opponent's at the net. But the important thing that I feel like a lot of people miss with all these tactics is knowing when to use them. Because knowing the tactic and knowing how to use it is is fine, but if you don't know when to use it or you choose it at the wrong time, then it's not going to work for you. So knowing when to use it is, is something I go over a lot in the course. And with this one, the primary thing you want to recognize, and you have to work with your partner on this, is recognizing how close the opponents are closing into the net. So a lot of club level players, when they move forward to the net, they'll stop at or just inside the service line. And in that case, this shoe, shoe shine tactic uh, can be really, really effective because it's really easy to get it down to their feet because they're so far off the net. So this is a great one to use if you have a, a kind of neutral ground stroke from the baseline or if you have an approach shot and you're coming forward. And the ideal way to do this is to hit this ball with a lot of spin. So for most players, that means you're going to run around your backhand. You're going to hit a forehand because most players have more top spin on their forehand, uh, myself included. Or you can just hit a kind of soft shot. Um, it doesn't even have to have spin that dips down low as soon as it gets over the net. So you can think of it almost like a dink and pickleball if you've played pickleball before, um, where you're hitting it really soft down at their feet. And then you want to move forward behind it because they're going to have to pop the ball up uh, and you'll have an easy high volley to put away. And be sure when you move forward, you close into the net really closely. You might need to communicate with your partner on, you know, when you're using this, who should be covering uh, the net and covering that middle when the ball is popped up versus who should be kind of staying back a little more in case they do uh, hit a lob. But I would worry about that after they hit the lob because being able to hit this kind of low volley from your shoes uh, lob is, is a shot that not many club level players are going to have. So um, again, a very simple tactic, one I'm sure you've used before, one I'm sure you're familiar with, but the key with it again is to know when to use it and recognizing the opponent's court position is super, super important here uh, so that you can tell your partner, if you're up at the net with the opposing net player, you can tell your partner, hey, they're playing pretty far off the net. So if you get a short ball, go at them and spin it down to their feet or hit it a little bit softly at their feet. And then you can close in behind it and your partner can cover the lob or vice versa. Um, so communication and recognition is key with that one. 
The second one, uh, which is tactic number 24 in the new course, uh, is the lob approach shot. So this is one that um, I feel like a lot of club players have a lob from the baseline, but they don't use the lob on an approach shot. And again, this is very similar. This is a good one to use in combine or in combination with the shoe shine because if you've dipped the ball down low to their feet a few times and they're a good doubles player, they'll recognize that and step forward so that you can't um, do that so that they don't let the ball drop on those volleys. And when they do close forward into the net, you can you, you use the sneaky lob tactic as an approach shot as well. So again, the key here is recognition. If you or your partner recognize the opposing net player or both opposing net players uh, closing the net really hard, anytime you get an approach shot or even uh, a baseline shot um, that's that's kind of neutral or offensive, uh, you can set up like you're going to you know rip the ball, swing really hard, and then last second change your tactic here and switch to a continental grip and hit the lob over their head. Uh, but again, th- this doesn't work if you don't recognize their position on the court. So be sure to communicate with your partner. When you do hit this shot, you want to keep the ball as low as possible without giving them an overhead. So if you hit the ball really high, they're going to have plenty of time to get back, especially if they're uh, quicker players. They're going to have plenty of time to get back and cover the shot. But if you get it just over their racket when they're standing up, kind of reaching for it or jumping for that overhead, uh, that ball is going to get through the court faster and they're not going to be able to get to it. Usually, it's going to be best to lob over their backhand side. So if you're in the deuce court, that could be a down-the-line lob or it could be a cross-court lob that you make sure you get deep into that corner. Uh, From the ad court, typically you're going to want to hit a cross-court lob because you have more court to work with and just go for that deep corner in the ad court on the other side of the net Um, because most club-level players just don't have a backhand overhead or a good uh, high backhand volley. So using these two tactics in combination, like I said earlier, Uh, is a great strategy kind of overall bringing the opponents forward. And then as soon as you see them uh, crashing the net too hard, then you go with the lob on your next shot. So um, if you have any questions about that, reach out to me. Um, One thing that if you do get a chance to to purchase the course or to check it out, um, you can actually leave comments below each video so that you can ask me questions directly about each tactic as well. Um, so that is something that's uh, a really nice benefit uh, as well. So the last one is is kind of a bonus tactic that I want to get into uh, next. So I was playing a mixed doubles match recently. Uh, this was 9-0. So I'm a 5-0 player. I'm playing with a 4-0 lady. And we were playing against the same uh, on the other side of the net. Um, so we were playing against a 5-0 guy and a 4-0 girl. In the first set, we lost 6-7. I think it was like 7-4 in the tiebreaker. And we could not hold my partner's serve. So if you've listened to the podcast for a while, I've often said in mixed a lot of the time, I actually have an easier time holding my partner's serve because I'm really aggressive at the net. uh, And I have more trouble holding my serve because my partner doesn't always help me out as much at the net. So that was not the case here. Um, in this case, me and the other 5-0 guy held our serve every service game of the first set, and then the two ladies uh, got broken every single one of their service games in the first set. So 
we were really struggling to hold her serve. And I was playing at the net and this guy who was playing on the deuce court, he kept lobbing me down the line. So he was just totally neutralizing me at the net uh, off of her serve. And I really couldn't do much about it. I tried to um, fake a poach and then move backwards for an overhead, but his lobs were within uh, probably two or three feet of the baseline. He was really, really good at this. So we didn't really make any adjustments in the first set. I, I came up with this idea late in the first set, but didn't want to implement it yet because I knew we still had a shot to win the set. Uh, ultimately, we lose the set in the tiebreaker. And then on the changeover uh, between sets, I walked over to my partner and said, hey, I want to try something on your serve and see if this works. And what we did is when she was serving to the deuce court, we played two back on her serve. And this is something I've done, shoot, over the last like five to seven years. I think I, this was only the second time I've done this. Uh, and it's really something I don't recommend in most situations. But in this scenario, we just could not hold her serve. And this was a match that um, in the grand scheme of the, the league, it really didn't matter that much because our team had already clinched uh, to go to sectionals, fortunately. So we decided to try it out. And I, what I did is I moved back when she was serving in the deuce court, not all the way to the baseline, because there were a few times where he hit a low slice shot cross court. And she, after her serve, had to run up and get to it. And sometimes she couldn't get to it because it was a really good kind of drop shot. Um, so, so I stayed kind of in no man's land uh, in the ad court straight across from the returner. So that way, if he hit this short slice shot cross court, I could still run up and get to it if I read it in time. Um, he couldn't lob me because I was further back. So his best option was really to try to just rally back cross court. And we tried it out and I didn't know exactly what to expect. I didn't know um, really the only benefit I saw from this is he can't lob me anymore. Uh, but it turns out that there was several other benefits that I want to go over with you. So he can't lob me anymore, obviously, is number one. Number two is this actually kept my partner in the deuce court where she's more comfortable. So when we were returning, I was returning from the ad court. She's a lefty. She was returning from the deuce court. Uh, and she's more comfortable rallying from the deuce court. So when when the opponent was lobbing me down the line, she was having to run over to the ad court and cover that shot and rally from the ad court. And she's less comfortable there. So me going back forced him to rally cross court, which allowed her to hit from the deuce court where she's more comfortable. So she was able to make a lot more ground strokes, force a lot more errors uh, with her um, ground strokes from the deuce court. So that was one advantage. Another advantage is it kept the returner, this 5-0 guy, from approaching the net easily because he didn't have as much time. When he was lobbing me down the line, he hit a pretty high lob, pretty deep in the court, and he had tons of time to hit that lob and then follow it into the net. And he applied a lot of pressure on my partner who was then rallying from the ad court where she's less comfortable against both players at the net. So they were able to force a lot of errors that way um, or get a lot of easy volleys. But now he's hitting cross court. He's having to hit through the ball and the ball's getting back to him quicker. So he can't easily approach the net. Uh, he tried to a few times. My partner hit 
a solid backhand back cross court and it got down to his feet. So he didn't have time to get into the net uh, as easily. And then the last thing is it gave him a smaller target. So with me at the net, he could really hit this lob anywhere. He he just had to worry about getting it over my head. But when I stepped back to no man's land in the uh, the ad court on my side, um, he really didn't have a big target to hit into. He just had to go cross court and get it cross court enough so that I didn't get to it because my partner and I communicated on this and I was going to take any middle balls with my forehand. So if he missed a little bit to his right, I was stepping over to the side and taking the ball with my forehand ground stroke, which was a little bit stronger. And we were able to get into the point that way. And it really worked uh, super well. So in the second set, she held serve in both of her service games. We won the set 6-2. And then in the 10-point tiebreaker, she held her serve on all four of her uh, service points. So I, I think after we made this adjustment, uh, we maybe only lost one or two points serving to the deuce court on her serve. And, and it was really, really effective. On, on one of them, uh, he tried to hit it directly at me to my feet since I was in no man's land. Uh, that didn't work because he, he tried to hit it with good depth and I let the ball go and it landed a few feet long. Uh, one time he hit it at me and I just took that half volley uh, with depth back through the middle of the court and came through the middle. There was another one he tried to hit cross court, but it was a little bit more towards the middle. I was able to step uh, to my right and hit a forehand ground stroke through the middle of the court. And then on a few of them, he did get cross court to my partner who has a pretty good backhand and she hit a solid cross court backhand really low over the net that they couldn't do much with. So um, it was a really, really effective tactic that I wanted to share with you. And Really, the takeaway here is not necessarily to to always use two back if you're getting lobbed, but to just think outside the box a little bit if you're struggling to hold serve with a particular player or if you're struggling to break serve on an opponent, uh, but you're you're getting into the points. Um, just think outside the box with your formations. Don't be afraid to experiment and try different things out because even if you think it's going to work for one reason, you might, after you try it out, find that there's other benefits to it as well, like we did here. So I just wanted to share that story with you and share that tactic with you. Um, if you have any questions about that, reach out to me, will at the tennistribe.com. Again, uh, the course goes on sale today. So please, please at least uh, check it out. Um, you'll, uh, I, I think you'll get a lot out of um, just uh, reviewing the sales page um, by itself. So uh, go to thetennisdrive.com slash products for more info on that. Enter the giveaway there as well to get a new tennis racket from Tennis Warehouse as well as a one-on-one -on -one doubles uh, consultation with me over Zoom. Um, and yeah, that is it. Um, I will talk to you all next week. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Doubles Only Podcast. If you're interested in diving deeper into any topics I discuss, I've created double strategy products that allow me to bring you more podcasts and other doubles content without relying on paid ads. I have eBooks and courses that help you make better strategic decisions during matches and become the smartest player on the court. Go to thetennistribe.com slash products to learn more. You can also join my free weekly double strategy newsletter that includes video lessons and more on our homepage. 
If you want to connect, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, or email me directly, will at thetennistribe.com.